Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Getting my dad to say I love you. To say what? To say he loves it. Outrageous. All right, Dad, another episode of Getting My Dad to Say I Love You. This week's guest is Joel Kim Booster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you, I read about him, yeah. I gave you some research on Joel yes. Kim Booster. What have you um what have you found out about Joel Kim Booster? Uh, I think he was um born in South Korea. Right, he's, but he's lived all his life in America. I can't re- quite recall. Was he was he adopted, or I can't remember quite what happened. I don't actually know this. I'm going to probably find out when I talk to him. Oh, uh, right. But anyway, he was he was brought up in America. Yeah, and went to university of. Gosh, where was it? I can't remember which university it was. But he studied theatre studies. So there you are. He studied theatre studies. He also used to be my next door neighbour for about a year. What in in LA? In LA, yeah. Okay. He was my next door neighbour. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. So does he speak Korean? I couldn't work that out. I don't know. I'll ask him. Um, yeah, I'll try to find. I can hear my mum just in the background now. So, Dad, anything else that jumped out about Joel's career that was of well, note? He seems to be quite successful as a comic comedian writer that sort of thing. He's very funny. Yeah, he writes on some funny shows. I do. Afraid I didn't quite get round to listening to one of his um, uh, scripts or something. His scripts. <laughs> well, not script, but one of his. You know, like a podcast or you know, uh, YouTube or you know, one of those Just things. Just YouTube. Yeah, that'll do. Do you think get around to listening to one of his YouTubes? All right. Well, that's fine. Well, I'm going to go chat to Joel about his parental upbringing. I'll see you in a bit. Welcome, Joel Kim Booster, to the podcast. How are you, mate? I'm doing okay. Okay. <laughs> very yeah. very honest. Very on LA of you. Yeah, I have like, I don't know. I, I think I have like tuberculosis right now or something. I am um, very ill, but oh God. getting by. Yeah. But you're, uh, thanks for still doing this. My mother-in-law actually had that disease last year oh, really? which i didn't which is I, more more common than you think like 30 i didn't the think world people still got it i, I thought it was 30, just something that no it's a thing. happened in moulin rouge and then <laughs> um was was we were sort of over it but. no it's a it's a like 30 percent of the world have it in some capacity right now oh, wow so well at least we brought some awareness to uh, what most yeah. people thought was an extinct disease um 
so yeah, what I like to do at the start of this is, even though I love small talk, I want to do small talk in me, but I, what I like to do to keep the podcast on track is right at the gate. Um, I like to ask our guests, because uh, it's about my dad's initially inability to say I love you. Have mm-hmm. your parents said the phrase I love you to you before? Yes, they have. Right, Many times. Many times, that's good. You're from a very loving family. And you've got yeah. um, um, your family stories uh unique in the podcast guesting i've had so far and that you are adopt not not completely unique in the world but you're uh adopted yeah That's i was correct. adopted when i was like three months old from korea um and so into a white family in the midwest that's okay and but, but they were very both the dad and the mum very loving like it's just like always loving so yeah i would say my mom is definitely more openly affectionate and was openly more openly affectionate than my dad was growing up my dad is um like third gen second generation german or something like that grew up on a farm like very traditional man mm-hmm. yeah. vibes he yeah. was like John Wayne, you know, that was like his idol and like who he sort of based his entire personality around. Um, (laughs) And, you know, our interests didn't really align growing up, you know, like I was I was a very like artsy fartsy kid. I wanted to do theater and I wanted to, you know, write and I wanted to, you know, perform all the time. And he was definitely, you know, I think he wished my my brother it was much more aligned with my dad. Like he would take us to tractor shows. He worked uh, for a farm equipment company, right? Um, building tractors for a living, and so that was like sort of. He would take us to all these like farm expos, and I you could not have paid me enough money to be interested in a farm <laughs> expo at the age of like nine. Um, but my brother was, so he at least got that. Is he old, was he um, older brother, younger brother? Older brother, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he at least had that. Um, but yeah, I I was just so uninterested. And I, I do remember, you know, my dad, my mom sort of forcing my dad to do one-on-one activities with me. I only remember one yeah. day where we sort of had like our dad-son date, <laughs> um, where we went golf karting and then we had skillets from Applebee's. Um, what, golf but, karting? Is that just driving around in a golf cart? Or you mean golf, yeah. playing golf? Or, okay, go, playing go golf? karting. Go, oh, go, go, go karting. Yeah. All right. I thought it was like yeah. people who don't want to hit a golf ball. Yeah. Right. So you went go karting and uh, did you enjoy that at least? I did, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I remember enjoying it. Okay. I, I just, there was a lot of like, like I was very attached to my dad in some respects, but like, we didn't have like, it was very familial. It was never mm-hmm. like, my dad was not my best friend. Right. right I get that. You know, I get that. Like, um, so it was weird. It, I remember being like, why are we doing this? Like, I know you don't really want to be here. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to be here. Like our relationship was fine the way it was. Like, we don't need to be go-karting. Um, I, <laughs> like, I, I think like I didn't need the proof yeah that he loved me like i i I believe it i bought it yeah for the most part yeah yeah i get i get there's there's that's an interesting thing where sometimes it's weird like you guys have got to bond over the specific activity but there's no need there's no reason why you necessarily would have a shared activity with someone who's 30 or like my dad like i i've mentioned before here he he's obsessive old documents and history and stuff and but he knows nothing about 
sport or movies or art and all that. So we have nothing in really very little in common. Um, this yeah. podcast is a, is a good, I guess this is kind of a bonding thing because he does the intros with me now. But, um, but yeah, but I still, you know, like him and loved him and, and still love him. But yeah, there's i I'm just trying to think of like a, his one, well, this is a very British thing. His thing was drinking. He's like, wants, wants to drink alcohol or have me drink alcohol with him. When I, I uh, said so before when I've turned him down for having alcohol, he looks so so sad. Like I've like like I've sort of said I don't want to be in the family anymore. So um, I wonder if that's like a weird generational thing to, to that kind of dad, where they feel like I need to find this common ground with my son. Yeah, I don't know. I, like I feel like my dad um gave up pretty early. Okay. I think I think he like got a pretty good sense of like my vibe as a child and was like, I don't think this is going to happen for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never doubted that he loved me. I mean, I, I definitely, I think like as a kid, I, I never doubted that. And I didn't care about necessarily like his approval. Like I didn't care um, if we were interested in the same things. I will say like once I moved into high school, like it became a little bit more important um, for, for him, for hit for me to get his approval. I will say. Yeah. Um, like I did insane things. Like I played basketball in high school, um, really? <laughs> and it was just specifically for my dad. Really, like I, I hated it. I was not good at it. I like basketball. Did he? T- I, like, did he? T- did he tell you like he? Wa- or did you just think, oh, he'll he'll like it if I do this? He'll like I, that. Was it was that? Because the thing is, is like you don't grow up in Chicago in the mid '90s and don't love basketball. Like that was like the height of bull. The you know the Bulls. It was Jordan. It was Rodman. It was Pippen. It was like the time to love basketball. And even as like a little like gay boy at like seven years old, like I was like glued to the TV every championship, like rooting on the Bulls. And so like I had an interest in basketball. Did I have the skill set? To play basketball? No. I was an effeminate asthmatic. Um, very, not athletic in the slightest. Barely played in the did, game. Did you did you get you get did you get to did he come and watch you in a in a game of some capacity? He I will say this of my dad. My dad was at every game. Oh. My dad was at every play. My dad was at every basically event. My mom at none of it. <laughs> uh, interesting. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, she just, um, I don't know. She, My mom was much more of, my mom and my dad were much, uh, both like homebodies. But for some reason, uh, my my dad was the one who was sort of dispatched to yeah. offer parental support in those He's ways. representing the two of them yeah. at all events. Oh, that's great that he came to, I mean, that's that's sweet. that he. So do you even remember like you're, you're playing? I'm trying to put myself a camera on you as a teenager playing basketball even though you don't you're not good enough and you kind of know you're not good enough but you're you're you think your dad did he like yeah did you play come on for two minutes have a shit game and he's there going like good job is he still like that route ah that's nice yeah yeah he was always i think very I, i i think knowing me for my entire life and then at the age of 16 suddenly deciding or 15 deciding that I wanted to play basketball was like, who is this child? Um, this is not my son. Um, but he was, I think, thrilled that I was interested in doing it. That's sweet. Well, so yeah. then it, it does feel like the, the, the common thing I kind of discuss on here is a lot of, of uh, when I get to talk to 
successful, talented people like yourself is like, um, it it requires two things. I think this industry, whether it's stand up or movies or whatever, is like a, is is a fearlessness and a and a work ethic. So, because I don't people get lucky, but I still think I work your ass off. So your dad, yeah, he was supportive. That's that's great. Even though you guys didn't, I think yeah, having not the same interest is totally reasonable normal the fact he was still there is a really like i don't know it seems like a nice thing to me but yeah did you do you remember like thinking like whatever i do i need to work my ass off is that from your dad is that from your mom or is that yeah i mean i think it's a little bit of both honestly like um they definitely both instilled in me um a pretty like deep worth work ethic um growing up i think you know we had um, I, uh, both my brother and my sister and I all had jobs at like starting at like 14, yeah. which is, I think as young as you can be and still have a job. Is that what um, like paper boy? There's nothing. Well, can you um, legally have a for, real job? Below? Um, f- my brother did landscaping. I worked at the library putting books away. Um, my sister was like a babysitter. Um, so like we all had some version of a job starting at like 14, um, and that's when we stopped getting allowances too. Um, uh, that's so a, that's a massive. I am a big believer in that as being an ex, in a really important thing. That's crazy. At fourteen, you stop getting allowance because most. Yeah. I think most people in this fine whatever, not this country can happen. Most people under eighteen in I guess UK and America, kind of Western society, Western yeah society, Western society are used to um, just getting that that lovely free money to fuck about with. T. I know. I knew people in my early twenties who were still getting like monthly allowances from their parents dude i've been to, i talked about this before there's a guy in my school who's still getting his sandwiches made from at 18 and i was like yeah that's Fuck psycho you i had to like, not that i had to struggle but i had to like put meat in bread at like 10 like it wasn't like I had yeah like, people still getting allowed yeah the uh the old trust the fairy and trust fund kids is is a thing so you from 14 no allowance so that's that's gonna that's a, that's one of those things that probably at the time i don't know my sister would always complain to my parents. Like, well, my own friends are getting all this stuff, but I'm, that's a thing that you, you, yeah, you could. Were you, were you at the time going, Bull, "This is bullshit," or were you like just embraced it? Were you just like rolled with it? Um, I think there was a couple things going on. First off, so I was homeschooled until I was uh, fifteen, uh, sophomore year of high school. And just to, um, can you just explain it to someone? Because like, I remember there was a kid I knew growing up, and that means you just you and your siblings together would have a teacher come in and teach you, or would you just what's uh, that tutoring? It was, it was me and my brother at home. Um, my godmother would be there, also, but she worked from home, so she wasn't really teaching us. And so we had like books that we would supposedly need to be working out of, like workbooks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but basically, my brother played video games all day. Oh, so there I wasn't would, even like a, an actual. You literally like they were like read these was, books and yeah. pick it up yourself. We we ran wild. Um, That's crazy. And luckily, I love to read. Like I was, I was just basically reading whatever I wanted to read, and then I would like pick up the history textbook and like read it like a book. Um, and we weren't we weren't given tests. We weren't given like papers to write Jesus. until I was probably about like fourteen. Like my freshman year of high school they switched me to an online um like homeschool thing where i had like a teacher um that i was like communicating with on aim basically um and that's and i remember like the first paper that i wrote they were like what is this this is 
this is bad. This is really, yeah. really bad. You do, you clearly don't know how to do this. And so they had to really like, the thing was though, is that like my reading comprehension and my ability to write was pretty high, but like, um, I just didn't know how to like f- some do homework because I wasn't doing it for my entire life. And, and like math and science was abysmal. Like I just, cause all I would do is I would do the math workbook, but I would just look up all the answers in the back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, nobody was nobody was. Paying that's a smart. To what that's we a smart kid. If no one's checking, yeah. you want. So just to the uninitiated, and I that is me. What was the logic behind the homeschooling, and then the logic, and why did that change? Um, that's what I'm curious. About. Um, they were deeply, deeply religious people. Um, uh, very, very conservative, evangelical Southern Baptists, and they did not want us learning about sex or evolution, basically, and they didn't wow. want us sort of being around other bad influences um out in the world and so they kept us all home and um that the reason it changed because like from the time i was a child like probably eight seven or eight i was desperate to go to school like my family is a family of introverts and then there's me who just wanted to like talk and be out in the world and be around people and like um just like, yeah, and make friends. And I, I just didn't have many outlets for that. As a homeschooled kid, I was very lonely. Um, and so I was just like constantly begging my family, my parents yeah. to send me to school. And it didn't happen until sophomore year. Finally, I sort of wore them down. Um, and they sent me to a private school, uh, private Baptist school, um, which was like, terrible um for me and in a lot of other ways but it was nice because i was finally around people and then junior year i switched to public school um and that's when it all sort of came crashing down that's when i like started drinking and smoking weed and came out of the closet and started hooking up and like all all the things that they were scared and worried would happen happened within a month of sending they they must have been like well that's so annoying because it's not that's not the reason it you started drinking and doing all that stuff because you had been deprived of it rather yeah. than it, if you just gradually, you know, my dad's been trying to give me wine from when I was about seven. So then by the time I go, I'm whatever, I'll drink. But I'm not like, I'm not like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like freedom. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so funny though. They were like, Christ, we knew this would happen. I wouldn't have yeah, literally said, within they wouldn't a have month. Christ, I mean, they, obviously, but. They, didn't, they didn't know about any of this for like the first year that I was in public school. But like literally I started in September... And by October, I was out of the closet, had smoked weed for the first time, drank for the first time, like hooked up for the first time, the whole nine yards. Like it was wow. like I was off to the races. I was just a powder keg, you know, like I just you depri- you deprive somebody of freedom mm-hmm. for so long. And then as soon as you get a little bit, you're just going to go nuts. Yeah, it's like a like a a mum of two small children going away for the weekend yeah. <laughs> and just it goes fucking crazy and starts doing coke and stuff. That's mad. <coughs> it's all right, mate. Yeah, I, look at this. This is dedicated. This is the work ethic we're talking about. You've got tuberculosis <laughs> and you're still on the podcast. This is yeah. what we need. I we need more people like Joel Kim Booster in society. Addicted to podcasts. I will do yeah, a podcast. <laughs> no matter what <laughs> the republican party are delighted to have people like you in society he'll yeah. just keep going no matter what no crying just getting on with it. show up um, to work get everyone sick just COVID. destroy my immune system <laughs> yeah never rest always working never stopping constantly sick that's 
that's yeah well that's yeah keep going you still as long as as long as you're giving me content i don't care about you <laughs> <laughs> so but that's mad though so you they were that's where did you essentially got a job before you went to school which is kind of yeah. crazy to me. yeah so you must, been in that li- you must be in that library like it must be also half you everyone must be quiet you must be like i want to talk to all these yeah. humans who are like well it basically it, it more so became that like my only friends were these like 47 year old librarians yes yeah, like funny. i like i i was one of those kids that like if there was an, an adult to talk to i was like chatting up oh, yeah, a storm yeah, yeah. with any if you were over 40 you were like so fascinating to me. I I, I just <laughs> wanted to be friends with women in their forties, um, which is like, you know, other than the sucking dick, like the gayest thing about me as a child was just like, I was like from t- like from the time I was like a young child was like, oh my god, you're a forty year old woman. I'm going to worship you, um, and that hasn't changed. That's that hilarious. has not changed. That's really. Fun. I don't even. I think that's. Is that ahead of sucking the dick? I don't know. That might yeah. be a one up on the list. Um, that's really fun. Do you know what? That's a funny. Again, a funny. Um, it's so funny how like these things inform me because on so many levels that d- deprivation of you going to a school and stuff is like so frustrating and annoying. And but then that skill set. Weirdly, I was just, for some reason I thought, what a great skill set to have working in Hollywood now, just to have the ability to talk to women more powerful yeah. than you in their forties, decision makers. That's really funny. That's so fun. Yeah, it's it's that's the weird, that's the weird thing about when we drill deep into this stuff. It's like the stuff that obviously you're like, that's I wish that hadn't been the case. But then you've still been armored with these sort of skills that are so that you're doing now that you yeah speaking to people confidently um yeah that the, the way you kind of had the thirst to learn on your own i think that's maybe by accident rather than design but that's you know being a, a writer and stuff is about being curious about different things yeah isn't it? i got really lucky if i hadn't learned how to read at a young age and and sort of fallen in love with that i don't know where i would be um right now because like I, when I say my brother like truly just sat around and played video games all day, like mm. that is what he did, and like he's doing well now. Like he, you know, is he, you know, is in a relationship. He's he got his GED eventually. Like he moved out, um, you know, which is something I never thought he would do. Like he moved out when he was like twenty seven, twenty eight, and um, I never thought I'd see that day happen. Yeah, so, well, that's that's um, good. He's, yeah, so he's, he's doing. He he figured it out. Um, eventually, but it was a, it was a real, like, you know, once he discovered world of Warcraft online, it was game over, you know, like in terms of education. That's so weird. Yeah. You're lucky that you didn't have that same fascination with the the little green guys on the screen. Cause that would have been. And it's crazy because I do now, but. Oh, interesting. Do you now? That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I always did. Like I, I played video games much more casually, but like my brother, um, wouldn't let me play, you know? It was it was typical older brother, little brother. It was like your turn's coming up as soon as I die. But my brother was so good at video games, he never died. So <laughs> your brother accidentally really... got he accidentally made you good at reading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. What I've to... <laughs> I'm just sitting there reading the text of all the video games he was playing, basically. <laughs> just reading the instructions. You like yeah. that's so funny. That's so interesting. So then, yeah, that work ethic that seems yeah, I can see that's where that came from. And then the the fearlessness is that just are you is this just that must be linked as well. Is that kind of from the, the fact that you're like, fuck it. I'm just like, who, like, I'm out in the wild now. I've just got to go for stuff and not care. And like, what, cause, cause did you, did you go straight into uh, like comedy from uh, college? No, did no. Did you go to college? 
I went to college. I went to theater yeah. school. Um, studied in the UK actually for like. Where did um, you study? Yeah, the Globe, the Globe. Oh bitch. my god, the Globe. Um, wow. and all and all over the place. But um, yeah. Um, I I wanted to do theater, which is so silly. Um, in this country, anyways. Um, yes. Well, no, it depends which part of the country, but yes. It, yeah, I I, I I definitely think it's it's a not as easy. It's certainly more difficult to make a living mm-hmm. doing storefront theater in Chicago um, than it is, you know, yeah, doing theater in London. Um, of course, of course. But um, yeah, and, and just culturally, I, I don't think our country values theater in the same way that your country does. Well, um, it's because money is the paramount thing in this country. So, yeah. like, well, how much do you make from that? But you could be on a TV show and you could make yeah, yeah, way yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the fearlessness, I think, like came from the independence that my parents instilled in me like so i moved so i ended so you know i went to public school my junior year had a blast was living my life my senior year parents read my journal found out all the shit i was getting into um, hey, that's just that's the scene from a that's the scene from a sick <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, you know, somebody's going is that a bit broad no one's actually gonna find it in a journal but they actually yeah. found out well and it, it gets even worse because I literally, I wasn't even writing like, dear journal, this is what happened today. It was literally just lists. I was too wow. lazy to even write like content. It was just lists. It was like things I lied about this week. Wow. Um, guys I've hooked up with this week. Like wow. things like that. Like crazy, like making it so easy for them. <laughs> it's like so easy. Yeah. Because if it was they long-winded, they'd they, they like, tap out. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have to like sift through my dreams. <laughs> Or my 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 hopes or wishes. It was just like right there, yeah. like a, reasons a to make my parents. Countdown. Yeah, <laughs> you were ahead of your time, mate. You yeah. were ready for the online world. <laughs> Hoisted by my own petard. Um, yeah. and so that caused a huge rift in my relationship with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent me to an inpatient mental hospital for teens. Oh um, because they were worried that I was like oh. addicted to drugs and was having risky sex, which was not true. I was doing exactly what all my peers were doing. And by the way, was like crushing it at school, mm-hmm. um, like captain of everything I was involved in. And like, you know, I was only there for two years, but I like ended up doing quite well um, in school. And so, you know, it was like really frustrating. So I got out of there and then moved out of my house and moved in with a friend. At what um, age are you here? Sorry. Um, 17 going on 18. So wow. I, I hadn't turned 18 yet, um, but I, I was about to. Um, and so that was in like October of my senior year of high school. And then I didn't, I really didn't talk to them until I graduated high school again. Um, and so uh, it was, it was like, it was difficult. But I, I think like in terms of like the fearlessness, I think like they instilled in us like this work ethic and this like self-reliance yeah. at a really young age. And because of that, like, I sort of was able to call their bluff because they were like, you can either live here and live the lifestyle and by our rules or you can go. And I was like, well, you've given me all the tools. So fuck yeah. you. I'm going to go. I was um, just thinking that's kind of is the irony of them, like kind of <laughs> way they brought you up, trying to keep you on a track, but then giving you all accidentally just arming you of all this stuff. You can, yeah, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. And I, you know, I haven't I haven't taken a dime from my parents since I was 16. Um, and I'm really and like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, 
whatever like uh, no judgment to anybody who does receive support from their parents in any way like i think it's great um we but like i'm i'm like i'm sort of i'm really deeply proud that i am you should be. i've been able to like be self-made in that way and and i'm i'm grateful to them honestly like at the end of the day like i've kind of come swinging back around and been like thank you for you know making it so that i could do all this on my own and and i think like that was the start of the fearlessness like it was sort of like i was at at a, a on a ledge you know and i was like i don't want to jump i don't want to jump and then my parents sort of forced my hand and i was like well i guess i got to jump and from there it nothing's nothing felt as scary you know like yeah. moving to new york to pursue comedy you know moving to la before i had a job you know like all of these things um sort of i can i can trace it all back to that moment of being like no i'm going to live my life and i'm not going to let these people control me completely and you know things I, we reconciled and like things are 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 much better um now um like a lot better um but it took a while to get there yeah i sure. bet i bet so are you now at the point where i guess this is you're they're so culturally different in the way they view the world and i assume are they still as religious as when yeah you, mm -hmm. so how do they feel about when you get your you know you've got you got a movie coming out soon you've got stuff do you do they do you tell them when you get good news do you care do you do they no. do they care no i i think um i don't think my parents have ever seen me perform they've never seen any of my stand-up they don't wow. know about the movie um you know i was on one season of an nbc show that got canceled and like that's the closest they've gotten because yes. they were like hey we saw this commercial on tv are you on a show right now? And I was like, <laughs> that's a funny way for them yeah. to find out. And I was like, oh yeah. Um, but like, they're so uninterested that's in the amazing. kind of work that I'm doing. Yeah. Cause they know they wouldn't like it or agree with it that I'm yeah. fine with them. And, and, and quite frankly, like it, it is one of those things again, that happened really early in life because like, you know, my mom, like I said, never came to any of my, my high school plays, or musicals or anything like that and it really did sort of like release me from caring what they thought mm -hmm. about what I was doing like parental approval is just not something that is in me it's not something that I seek it's not something that um, is important to me by any means and it is all just sort of for me um, which is freeing in a, in a big way um, yeah no that's that sounds way too healthy for this podcast <laughs> that's that's like i'm jealous of the uh the fact you don't yeah you're just doing everything for you and you don't yeah that's the but that's the most that's the most sound-minded way of dealing with all this i think because it's so yeah. fucking up and down so when you're uh you, you have people you can share you good you got so much good i feel like you've got people you can share your good news with though right you've got yeah you've got, oh you've got sure. tons of mates and yeah, I've got tons of friends. I've got uh, a lovely, you know, boyfriend that is very supportive. And I, you know, I've got, I get what I need from other people. And that's always sort of like, that's always sort of been, I think as, I think a lot of gay people, queer people in general really relate to this. But like, you find the family that fills in the gaps, you know, mm. um, like I love my family. I love my parents. I love my mom. Um but it is like they cannot be everything to me. Mm -hmm. um, they cannot provide everything emotionally 
for me. And I just know that. I just know their limitations as human beings. And I don't begrudge them that. I just had to find, you know, people in my life that could fill in the gaps and, and sort of like support me in the ways that they can't. Um, and that was like, um, once I figured that out, I think it was really life changing. And I think um, a lot of queer people sort of are forced into that um, realization really early on. Yeah, that's a really, um, I've just started therapy for the first time out here, which is like so cliche. Oh, Thank you. Um, I have to, I have to, it's like illegal to live here for this long without doing it. But um, but the the guy, my guy says something, you know, about which is, oh, fuck, there's a word, I forget there's an actual word for it. But when you get to an age and you realize when you're young, you see your parents are up here all the time and you get to an age and you're like, oh, but I feel like you got this much earlier than most people, yeah. which is you're not looking up to them as these perfect people. They're um, not on a pedestal. For they're me not on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've, you've known that for much longer than I, I guess a lot of people, including myself. And then it's kind of just like accepting them because this frustrating, you know, my dad, I love him. He wants to be part of this project and all this, but stuff he does frustrates me. But then you just, there's a point where, I still find myself wanting to like just tweak him into something else, but actually just learning that that's who they are and where the way they are and not hating on them for that. But then having those other people to fill in the gaps is a great, that feels like a really healthy aid toward that. Yeah. Right. Normally a, a lot of people in our position um, choose either podcast or therapy. Um, <laughs> and for you to do both is, is really huge. There we uh, go. Most people in LA in our business would yeah. say like, "Oh, uh, I'm just going to do the podcast, and that will be my therapy." Oh, God. Uh, so, or just do like a lot of just a lot of exercise. That's the other one. I'm just I'm just working out a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, yoga just, yoga out the trauma for sure. Come here, son. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Have you done therapy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've done I mean, it. Yeah, but you, I, what, you're talking like someone who is very healthily knows everything. So that's why I didn't mean I meant it. In, but you, you strike me as someone who's done it. But actually, because so, there's certain people I've met out here who say they're doing it and do it, and I go, I, you know, when you're like, 
you say you think someone needs therapy and then they do it and then you think I think I I think you need to be zoning in on different things to what you're zoning in on because they've not they've not helped you on that they've sort of enabled you but um yeah I I, as a Brit it's definitely more of an unusual thing but um I I find it quite funny because I want the guy to just sort of call me an arsehole all the time but he's actually quite um supportive and sort of tries to make me look at the positive of stuff but that's 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 my own shit but um uh so yeah sorry to bring it that just went into a little self uh introspection by me there but um yeah so on, so you don't that's that's crazy though that they've got no yeah they're just different people but you know that so you don't yeah see they, the they are sort of gen- generally aware that i am they know you're thriving and doing well yes, yeah yeah they, yeah um but like, this, in terms of the specifics, no. Like they knew when I quit my day job to do stuff full time. But like, they are very uncurious. I think for their own sake, um, yeah. about the specifics of what I do. Yeah, when you because when I talk to my parents on the on the phone, I don't know how regularly they do or anything. But I I feel like a lot of it's just catching them up on stuff I've been up to. But I guess if you, you don't have that, it's there must be a. You finding out what's going on there, and I guess there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like um, life stuff. I think like life milestone stuff mm-hmm. that's been happening in my life um, that I keep my mom. You know, my mom is really excited about certain things, and like, so I should say I don't know, Chris, if you know this, but my dad died uh, like nine months ago. Oh, I did not know that. I'm um, so yeah. sorry, buddy. No, <laughs> I sorry. thought that was part of the reason you wanted me to come on the pod. Um, I'm sorry. That's yeah, that's, but that's, I'm sorry, dude. No, it was. Um, yeah, he died um, of COVID um, wow. back in in March. And um, so I guess like a year ago almost now. And wow, I cannot believe it's been that long. Yeah, man, um, I'm sorry. But no, I mean, we got to a really good place i think because like i reached a level of like uh i I reached this point in my life where like i could finally call and talk to him about like um plants like my dad you know as a farm like he had a huge garden growing up was always doing like yard work and stuff like that and like during the pandemic like during lockdown i just became like plant guy and so like i was Mm -hmm. able to call home and be like you know, like ask him questions about like growing tomato plants, which is something that we did together growing up. Like, and, and I think he was like desperate for me as a, as a, like a seven year old to be interested in. And I (laughs) never, I could not have cared less. And now as it's so weird how it comes full circle at 32, I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. I just ate. No, I'm 34. Um, but at 34, like we knock off two, we knock off two years, mate, because of the pandemic. Don't worry. We'll do that. Um, but now I am, you know, and I, I like I built um, I, I don't I think like one of the last things that I talked to him about before he died or before he got sick um, was I built a squat rack in my backyard, um, which was the handiest thing I've ever done. I had to like pour mm-hmm. concrete, you know, like measure wood, um, things I <laughs> never thought I would ever have to do um, that the pandemic sort of like brought to me and like i don't think my dad has ever been prouder of me than when i sent him like photos and videos of of this like finished squat rack that i like created in my backyard i don't um, even know what that is so that's how impressive (laughs) that is it's in my head i'm i'm thinking 
Is it, hang on, you mean for doing weights, squatting? Yeah. All yeah. right, okay. I thought it was like a... Because you were talking about tomatoes. I was like, do you have to like get a special rack to no. grow tomatoes? No, no. <laughs> no this that's was amazing. like... So that I could like work out like prison style in my backyard. That's that's great. That's amazing. Yeah. But that's... that's Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm terribly sorry for your loss. That's fucking brutal. But it seems like to be able to... Yeah, even those mo- those moments that you managed to share like that is that's kind of what what it's about, isn't it? In a, in a weird way, just like not not necessarily doesn't have to be every fucking thing we do is, but if you could just have those little moments of connection with someone, it's that's kind of what life's about. I, I feel really grateful that w- by the end, like our relationship had reached this point where that was where we end, like where mm. things sort of left off, is that. You know, we had reached the impasse, I think, um, of like, you know, this is this is my life. It, that's not going to change. And we sort of met each other at this place of like, they accepted that. And like, I, I don't think they ever, he, you know, changed his expectations for what I, I would be as a son. And I changed my expectations for what he would be as a dad. And um, we were able to find like this really great, peaceful, loving middle ground um, mm. that took us years and years and years to get to. Um, because I just think that like because we were such different people, my dad was so we were so frustrated with each other. Like I'm much more like my mother than I am my father, and yeah. I think that like we just spoke different languages the entire time oh, I was yeah. growing up. Like he was this stoic, like you know, farmer basically. And I was this like, rem- like uh, uh, effusive, like loud gay kid, basically, um, who wanted to like yell and scream and be the center of attention. And that was just like anathema to what my dad, like my dad was so shy, like could not, like would not talk, like just like anytime he would come to basketball games, like other parents would, would try to engage. And I think they like people always would be like, is your dad like kind of rude? But I would be like, no, no, no. He's just like, painfully shy as a person and that was just like not who I was like I just wanted to be out and about and around people um and yeah and so it was really nice that we were able to get to that point before he passed I I will say like the one big regret that I have is um and it's well the one big regret I have is that you know after the the sort of turmoil of me coming out and then like moving out. And then yeah. once we came back, we, we started talking again. The thing is, is that like I had never been in a relationship that mm. mattered. And so it it never made sense to circle back around to the gay thing and be like, hey, how do you do you guys still think I'm going to hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it just like it became it, for me. It was like, oh, OK, when I am at the point in a relationship where I want to bring somebody home that's when I'll address it. And that's when I'll figure out where they really are with this part of my life. And I just, you know, I went my entire, most of my entire adult life without being in a relationship. Um, I was like very career focused. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. And like, I just wanted to fuck around. I didn't want to be in a relationship. And so it just never came up and I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and never having that conversation. And then my dad died and, um, you know, like three, he died in, in March. And then in May, mm. I met the guy that I'm currently dating and in love with and, and think, you know, is, is probably going to be here for the long haul. Um, 
and it finally was this moment where I like called my mom and I was like, you know, I don't know how dad would f- have felt about this. Um, but I do want to know, like, if I bring this guy home, like, what is going to be the vibe? Um, and she was like, I think that, you know, you know, I don't, we're not on the same page about your lifestyle, but if you brought someone home that you loved, we would love him just as much as Dan, who is my mm. brother-in-law, my sister's husband. Um, and that was a really, a really big sort of yeah. freeing moment for me. And it is something that like my mom assures me would have been my dad's point of view yeah. as well. Um, and uh, it really hurts that I didn't have that conversation with him before yeah. he died and that I won't ever know what he'll what he'd think of John Michael. Like I actually think he really, really would like my boyfriend now and it and it sucks that yeah. um he's not gonna meet him. And that's like the that's like the one thing that's still, you know, a year later is really difficult. Oh uh, dude. Yeah. I mean that's just brutal and yeah, I don't think you wouldn't be alone to be wondering about that. But um, yeah, I guess you're, you've got what your mum says, and she has no reason to 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 manufacture no. what would be there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry, dude. That's just oh, yeah. I'm I'm really happy that you and your dad got into a good accepting place. There, that's a really, I think that's a that's a really nice point to have got to just though with each other before. It's the biggest. I mean, like it that's is the positive the you can take from the shitty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I just can't imagine how I'd feel if this had happened in like 2012 or something yeah. like that when our relationship was a little bit more rocky. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful that we at least, you know, I, I can remember the last time he said "I love you," and that is like really special and like is not something that comes easy to my dad to mm. express that kind of emotion. Like I think we, our dads are similar in that way. Um, yeah. You know, he was not an affectionate guy, but like he definitely expressed how proud he was of me and how much he loved me like a lot more in the last year that he was alive than yeah. any other time in my life growing up. Well, I think you've got a very um, a very healthy outlook to what is kind of, you know, to you can that information of that that um, event can be you can take from it what you want, but the fact you're generally like leaning toward the positive i think is a really healthy thing because like you said it's yeah i mean not to equate stuff but my mum's um i've mentioned before and his has got um stage four cancer and and yeah my brain often goes to like fuck all this but then i keep trying to remember like well it could have happened during the pandemic when you couldn't even like leave the country and i yeah. couldn't have got and i got to go back and, and see her and and who knows where that's going to lead but there's there's always two ways to look at these things and totally i understand that you have a a, you know there's a small there's a regret that you're going to wonder about but if you can always kind of choose to if you can do your best to that positive that you guys got into a really nice place i think that's 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 very impressive man and it's yeah i'm i'm sorry that you've had to go to that loss but i'm happy you guys got to a much healthier place with each other yeah um i just yeah it's uh, tough, and, and and the COVID of it all is like the shit. I know, part. I know. Like, yeah, I it's just, just the worst. Oh man, fuck! You've, uh, yeah, you've made me cry. <laughs> cry in a, in a, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Apart from that's what uh, was happening there, but um, 
Yeah, man. Fucking hell. Well, um, I'm I'm really happy that you're you're just you're you're such a fucking well balanced. I want to just talk about how well you're doing, but you're actually just a you seem a very well balanced person, which I think is actually more important than all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, what it's the therapy and it's the medication. I'm you know, and it's it's a lot of and 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 things are. It is crazy because like things are going rather well for mm. me right now in my life, and I keep being like oh my God, like when is the other shoe going to drop? And people keep reminding me like, well, your dad did die a year ago. So it, it does feel like that was the shoe that dropped. That, and now this is the thing. This is yeah. the shoe. <laughs> the good stuff is, is actually yeah. making, is the balancing of things. Exactly. Um, so that's what I'm trying to, to focus on. But I am, I'm always that person who I'm like, what's, about what awful thing no, I know. is I'm about to happen. I'm the same. Um, I'm like if something if everything's going too well, you're like the universe is gonna realign, but then you yeah. that's then you forget other bad stuff has happened. But um well mate, but before we um we've got to wrap this up in a sec, but before we do, thanks for being so candid and honest and um I'm excited. I get to see you tonight in real life and I get to get, oh, to, yeah. bur- get to get tuberculosis from me if I get close <laughs> enough. Um, before we go, last thing, uh, my dad, um, he doesn't really know any of the guests, so this isn't a per- but I got him to look you up before and he has okay. one, quest- one question for you that I've pre-recorded and producer Paul's going to quickly play that and, and okay. just before we wrap up. So, Paul, can you just quickly play the, the question? How Korean does Joel feel having seemingly been brought up in the America never lived in Korea. In my dad's voice, that sounds like way more colonial than I think yeah. he needs it to sound. But I think he's incredible. Um, I that's a, that's a, actually it's a really interesting question, and it's a question that I've been talking a lot about in the last couple of years. I think is like you know Asian identity issues have have be, sort of come to the fore because like I've always said I feel very connected to being Asian American, like racially, like there mm-hmm. is, like I've always felt Asian, you know, yeah. I've always been, uh, I've always been very aware of that and, and, and sort of connected to that, like as uh, a racial group, but I do not necessarily feel connected to being Korean um, because I just don't culturally, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, a lot of like the specifics of, of Korean culture. I love the food. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to go back eventually. Um, but you know, like, my big joke is that I don't know who, um, as a Korean person, uh, I'm supposed to hate, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, <laughs> which other Asians I'm supposed to be racist against, um, because I didn't have <laughs> Korean grandparents yeah, to sort of, uh, pass that, uh, animosity down through the generations to me. <laughs> Um, so I'm not sure which which one it is. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely something that I'm interested in in sort of delving deeper into. I think because there is a bigger, larger conversation happening within the community right now about like how helpful um, the term Asian American even is because yeah. our cultures are so different, mm-hmm. um, and lumping us all together doesn't necessarily assist. Because I, I think you look at things like college admissions where they're like. Oh, like you know, uh, Asian Americans are, are 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 being hurt by affirmative action. When in fact, like that's not necessarily tr- like when you look at like you know, people love to, to sort of point to Asian Americans as like this model minority because they're doing well, and and like oh, if if you know the median income for uh, for Asian Americans, quote unquote, is much higher um, than a lot of other races. But if you actually break it down by ethnic group, 
like there are like you know communities of uh, of Filipino immigrants that are living so far below the poverty line yeah. that like it doesn't make any sense to look at just Asian Americans yeah. as a whole. Um, so yeah, so there's like a big discussion I think happening about you know whether or not we should. Uh, you're, you're seeing a lot more people I think identify specifically by their ethnic uh, background than they are as Asian Americans. So. Um, that's a long yeah, Han- answer Hannah, for you. No, dad. no, no. It's interesting. Hannah always, because Hannah's Filipino, Scottish, she always goes, Filipinos, it, we, she's like, we'd have forgotten. It, she's like, we, yeah. no one ever. T- so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a broad term, uh, but that's interesting to my dad. I'm, I'm more surprised that my dad actually managed to elicit such a sort of thought provoking yeah. question. So I'm proud of him. Before, before we go, we've got to run off, but before we do, um, sorry to, to wind this up, but I like to get the guests to just say one, just tell my dad anything you can give him as a pearl of wisdom to just say so he can finally say I love you to me and before we do the last little plug of your stuff um, remember at any point on a Wednesday night uh, your son could contract tuberculosis uh, and <laughs> die uh, so tell him you love him now before he gets TB I love it mate that's fucking perfect and then before we go you've got um, anything you want to plug you've got a movie coming out soon yeah I got a plug movie it, coming out way. June 3rd on Hulu. It's called Fire Island. Uh, it stars me and Bo and Yang and Margaret Cho. Uh, I wrote it and I star in it and I'm very excited for people to see it. So, And I just yeah. like to say, you used to be my neighbor and you're an you're awesome neighbor and your body, this is a weird thing, has just got so muscly in the last two years that that's what I'm most proud about because I am jealous. I'm jealous of your body. I miss you guys as neighbors too. It's weird. I now have a new, uh, my, my neighbor now is also British. There um, go. And he's like sort of the bizarro version of you. In, in many ways. <laughs> I'm glad um, he's the bizarro version, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the better version. Not um, the OG. Yeah, mate. So lovely to see you. I'll see you tonight in real life. We'll get TB together. Um, yeah. Mate, I love you. Thanks so much. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.